Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to a very very special podcast episode 178 yes but it might have a different name it's the augusta national special yes as you can see if you're watching this video uh, on the podcast channel um i've been shopping yeah Yeah, you could call it that (laughs) i have i have hoarded hoarded a lot of stuff from augusta national for the boys here, yes. for, for Guy and the team, and a few bits for myself, um, which we'll give out. And also, there's there's a bit of mixing here for the giveaway that we put on the main channel the other day. Um, what a week. What a week. <laughs> Not only have you been to the Open for all... Oh, sorry, it's the Masters for all four days and the Par 3 tournament, you also played Augusta National, which I can't even believe I'm saying. And in my hand... And you've not asked me one question about it yet. Because nope. obviously I've just literally landed. Yesterday, I've come straight into the office this morning. In my hand is the scorecard. <laughs> In my hand. And we are going to dive into this. I think, do we, do we briefly start off with a little bit about the Masters? A million percent. Because obviously we spoke last on, was it Wednesday or Tuesday? I feel like it was Wednesday because I'd been, was it Tuesday, uh, Thursday morning? Because I'd actually been to the Masters on the Wednesday, aren't yes, I? it must have been. So obviously, a lot's happened in that time. Obviously, everybody knows listening and watching. John Rahm won the green jacket, and what a what a worthy winner! What a um, I think sometimes with these major tournaments, it's nice when you kind of get an out a surprise winner, but it's also really nice when you get who you believe is genuinely the best golfer in the world. Yeah. And I don't think you can really argue right now that John Rahm is not the best golfer on the planet. It's definitely, I mean, he is so unbelievably dominant. Yeah. His performance this week, it had so much, so many things stacked against him. On most, on the Thursday, Friday, it was on the wrong side of the draw. He got the worst weather. Yeah. He started off by four putting the first green and taking a double bogey. I do like starting for the double bogey occasionally, though. Not sure what in the Masters, first hole, first round. Now, spoiler alert. I might have beat John Rahm on the first hole. Yes. Okay. Spoiler alert. Just a little three foot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he went to he went to still shoot from that point in time. The last seventeen holes on his first day, shot nine under par. Insane. Is he's, he's, he's a joke of a golfer. Yep. Um, we teased in last week's episode that there was a certain golf pro who bumped into me at a certain event and said he watches the videos. 
I think it's quite safe to say now that same person is the current Masters champion. So you're telling me there's a chance that John Rahm is watching this now. John Rahm. Or listening. Mentioned to me as I met him on Wednesday night. And I don't like that. Listen, granted, I've been... I've been fairly responsible for a lot of these golfers' careers. You mean Woolies? Exactly. You know, <laughs> and many more. Uh, you know, I, I certainly steer them in the direction of greatness. Yep. I'd like to. I'm going to take some credit, and I believe I did that same thing with John Ra. What did he actually? Can you say what he actually said to you? <laughs> so, well, I don't. I'm going to say it from my perspective, and so I think it's fairly, a little bit, fairly or... safe. No, this is the truth. Okay. So on Wednesday night. Um, I mean, I, for the whole event, I got invited by Mercedes. It was an unbelievable event. It really was. We got treated so nicely. We got to test drive some amazing cars on Monday, Tuesday, go to the Masters uh, all five days. And on Wednesday night, they had a um, an event at the, the complex we were staying at. And there, there was Bernard Langer, which we heard in last week's podcast. Um, and that, was, that was really just kind of off the cut, but really insightful chat. And also John Rahm was there, both Mercedes ambassadors. And when I saw John Rahm, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try and start a conversation here. See what happens. You know, I've got to, you get one, one chance in this life. I love, my new motto is very, you know, inspired by uh, Sam Bennett's tattoo on his arm. Mm. Don't wait, do something. Mm. Or don't wait to do something, which is the, the message he got from his father just before he passed away. So I positioned myself in a position where he he would have to walk past me. As he was walking into into the uh, into the venue, so as he's there and I'm kind of just chilling out, having a little drink, kind of whiskey, and it was really strong, but it was nice. And uh, as he walked past, I kind of just very casually said, "Hi, John," very casually. And yeah. he walked as he walked past, and he continued to walk past. And I thought, "Oh, what an idiot! What an app. why have I why have I just done that? I look like such a fool." And he took about four steps past and stopped. Oh. And he t- and I could I kind of turned my head and he turned his head and he went I recognise that voice, and I said what? <laughs> and he went I watched loads of your videos. Nice to meet you. I'm like, are what? you kidding me? Inside, I was reacting like a twelve year old at a One Direction concert. Yeah, nice reference. On the, on the <laughs> current, <laughs> as an eleven-year-old at a Backstreet Boys concert, <laughs> and on the outside, I had to act cool. I was like, "Oh, nice to meet you." You know, he's was it a handshake? What style? Absolutely. A normal or a little bit of an? I think up, it was a little light, oh, nice, little, a modern one, little grab and hold. <laughs> I'm not said. even sure if there was a bit of a little bit of a shoulder bump. And uh, I said, "Oh, thanks so much." He went, "Yeah, it's, you know, it's great." Um, watched a lot of the videos and I was like, oh, you know, have a, have a great week, have a great tournament. I said, I'd love to get you on the channel sometime. You went, absolutely. I'd love to come on the channel and I'd love to come as, on as a podcast guest. Did he actually say that bit, the podcast 100%. Wow. wow. So we, we exchanged details. Um, I didn't want to say, he's busy boy this weekend. Yes. So I texted him Monday morning at yeah. 6 a.m. <laughs> nice really. jacket, mate. <laughs> <laughs> when are you coming on? Um, no, so hopefully, fingers crossed, that is definitely a step in the right direction to getting John Rahm on the channel. Uh, it's been it's been a wild, wild week. I, I almost could write a film, you know, a, a, about this whole week. I feel like if you hadn't played Augusta and you just been to watch it, I'd want to ask you so many questions about going as a fan and the actual tournament itself. And I still do to some degree. I also want to know so much about you playing the golf course. You're not wrong. We literally haven't really said a word this morning. You came in, 
He delivered all these goodies, which is insane. Very grateful to get my hands on some of this stuff. But I don't know anything about the goal. So do you want to do a little bit on the Masters first? Or do yeah, you want to go straight definitely. in? There's a couple of standout points from the week. Um, so I'll kind of rewind back a little bit. So I, I, again, we got invited by uh, Mercedes to be there at the event. I was there with Seb Carmichael Brown, another content creator. If you want to check out his channel, do. He kind of lives in the world of football slash soccer, but he loves his golf and he's passionate about his golf and he makes golf content as well. So we spent the whole week together. So that was really fun. I really enjoyed spending time with Seb. Uh, we got him really well. And um, when we went to the tournament on Wednesday, so another really incredible perk as as Again, I'm very fortunate in the way I went. Mm-hmm. I really am. You know, I don't take this lightly. I'm very blessed. And, you know, this isn't how most people experience the Masters, but I was very lucky to do so. Each and every day when we arrived, we actually got to, got to drive down Magnolia Lane. Ridiculous. So for eight days straight, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, seven, sorry, seven days, six days straight, I drove down Magnolia Lane. What is it actually like? It, it's mad. So Washington Road, which is right outside, is a really busy road. Yeah. It's like five lanes wide. It's got restaurants. It's got bars. It's got hospitality. It's got loads of things going I on. I had a look on Google Maps after the last podcast, and that's exactly what it looked like. It's, it's crazy. On, on If you didn't know Augusta National was on that same road, it could be like any other road in America. Mm-hmm. The fact on the right-hand side of that road, well, depending on which way you drive, but I was driving with the Augusta National on the right-hand side. It's just hedges and, and trees and everything else. And every now and again, there's these kind of little gates. Gate one, gate two, gate three, etc. And I believe, if I'm not wrong, gate three is Magnolia uh, Magnolia Drive. Magnolia Lane. Well, is there a drive? Don't, this don't confuse me. Is yeah, sorry. Drive? Magnolia Lane is the one is the main one. Magnolia Drive is opposite. Right, okay. Which is like full of hospitality houses. So on gate three, you, and it has just a little member sign. It just says Augusta National underneath members only. And you turn in, and it's not busy. Like, it's not as if you're not queuing or anything to get in that turn off. And as you turn in, there's obviously security guards there. There's police officers. Uh, the, the Mercedes cars had these badges on, which obviously gained us access. Um, we got to then a checkpoint, and they wind the window down and scan our passes. Um, and, and then you're down. You're driving down Magnolia Lane, and you're driving towards the clubhouse, and you get to the roundabout in the middle where they've got the beautiful um, Masters logo all in yellow flowers with the, with the uh, yellow flag. And you take a left, so you go round the clubhouse, and we've got this hospitality on the side of 10, which is amazing. And again, the hospitality house actually had a putting green the replica, smaller version, but the replica of the 18th hole at Augusta. Wow. Uh, so we, we almost practiced on there Who every single day. That? The same, well, I don't know. I, like, I don't quite, I can't get my head around how the whole site gets maintained. I mean, it is, nothing is out of place. Is it, is it actually closed a lot of the year? So it, I believe it closes from July to October. Right. So that's where the majority of the big work gets done. Okay. And it opens again in October, and pretty much apart from the week of the Masters, that's the only time that the members don't get a chance to play. Wow. So they were playing on, on the Saturday before the Masters. The members were still playing then. Then it shut from Sunday to Sunday, or maybe even Sunday to Monday probably because of the uh, the media ballot and the few invites that got to play it. And then Tuesday, back to members. And do you know how you can become a member and how much it is? Or is it just all a big secret? You, you don't ask. You get invited. You get invited. God knows what the fees are. Is it weird one of those ones, though, where actually the fee might not even be that much because it's just so exclusive? I think the, the fees fee, are, oh, I, I think the fee is ridiculous. Yeah. I think, from what I understand, I, I, I 
Six, six figures a year. I only met 10 or 12 members. So, you know, <laughs> I'm joking. I, didn't, I don't think I met a single member. Uh, I tried to speak to many people in green jackets, but... Um, Hi, do you watch uh, YouTube golf? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, the golf course is magnificent. It obviously does so incredibly successful through the Masters, the actual event. I'm sure they're not short of um, money. The merchandise tent was was every single day packed to the brim with patrons wanting to pick up this exclusive merchandise which you can only buy at the masters you can only buy at augusta that's one thing when you're watching the tv you if you watch the open you do see the odd person obviously in a hat whatever it might be that they've bought obviously at the open when you watch the masters so many people are wearing the merch ridiculous everybody and you know what's really interesting as well so many people are wearing hats from from previous years right and some are like really old, like from like nineteen ninety five. That's and quite a cool like flex, though. And isn't like it? this, you know, you know the green chairs. I've got, I bought one of the green chairs that are dotted around everywhere around the golf course. Um, some of those on the back said like Masters ninety five or Masters ninety seven. I mean, imagine That's... having that chair. And how how would a and I use this term loosely a normal person how how would I get to go to the Masters if I didn't have a pass? Um, you can, can apply, can you... yeah, you can apply for tickets. All right, I didn't know. So you can apply for tickets. I, I'm pretty sure the ballot takes place the year before. So keep an eye out now for next year's ballot. You enter to get into the ballot. Now, the one thing I'm a little bit confused about and something I heard, once you get tickets in the ballot, pretty much as long as you want them every year, they're yours. Oh, wow. From what I understand. So that's probably why what makes it much harder. How many people are giving up those tickets? It's like a season ticket for a football club, isn't it, really? Because to me, it felt like so many people that were there had been to previous years. Like, a lot of people I spoke to, it was very rare it was someone's first year. Everyone seemed quite experienced yeah. with it all. What's the vibe like with people? Is it, like, elitist, or is it still quite down to earth? The one thing that stood out to me a lot is everybody was wearing golf apparel. Yes, I did see that. Now, I don't know if there was anything written in the rules. I, did, I didn't see anything in particular about the clothing. I did actually wear golf apparel every day just because I wanted to. But the, there was no... I didn't see one pair of blue denim jeans. Nice. I didn't see I didn't see anything that didn't resemble a golf top. I saw chinos. I saw... They call them slacks in America. I saw collared shirts. I saw a few round neck shirts, but not many. People typically dressed as if they were about to go and play golf. Do you think it's because it is typically more golfers that go into this? Like the Open, you do get a lot of casual people might go. Is it that it's more actual golfers? I would say yes, 100%. And also, to some degree, golf clubs are comfy. Yeah. And if you're walking around a hilly golf course, which again, I'll come on to that in a bit, it doesn't look hilly on TV. It's mad. And you hear everyone say how hilly it is, so obviously you played it, you'll hear, hear that in a bit. But yeah, golf stuff is comfy. And like, everyone was wearing golf shoes, because again, I, I suppose you want to, don't you? Yeah. You got a glove in your pocket, potentially? Yeah, little six iron, diamond <laughs> trousers. Um, <laughs> but but very, I can imagine if, certainly in America, if you'd taken one fan to go to Scottsdale, Arizona for the, tea, for the um, waste management mm-hmm. event, that's a totally different crowd yeah. to the what sort of Augusta. I mean, it to- must be totally different. They're very strict on, obviously, no mobile phones. How did you deal with that, genuinely? I loved it. Actually, have you I been as bad? To- I must admit, I've not seen it on your phone today yet. Has it rubbed off on you? 
Mine done. Your thumb looks fresh. It doesn't look as, as worn as normal. <laughs> Your weak. blisters have gone. <laughs> it's frail. You've lost all your muscle mass in that thumb. <laughs> um, yeah, so no mobile phones uh, on site. Um, so Wednesday, you're allowed to take a digital camera in. So that's I got some snaps on the Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, no mobile phones. And how do you, do you think this will be the thing for the foreseeable or yeah. will there be a time where they, they were, go? They seemed very, very, very on it. Now, genuinely, I actually hope they never change that rule. Really? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's me saying that. That's, yeah. Like someone who lives in social media, someone who is addicted to their mobile phone, I'm Rick Shields and I'm addicted to my iPhone, I never want iPhones to be at the Masters. It, it's such a beautiful experience when you are just so outrageously present to what's taking place. Yeah. And everybody there is present. Like, um, That's true. When you're on site, and this is the probably the, the most bizarre, you almost cannot fathom there is anything else that's taking place outside of the property. Yeah. You can't even imagine. Like, it feels like you're on a different planet because... One thing that was really, really impressive with the whole site, <clears throat> you're obviously close to main roads, as I mentioned earlier. You see nothing. As soon as you drive through those gates, you, you could you could quite literally be anywhere in the world because you don't hear anything, you don't see anything that's not these huge trees and that's not this perfect environment of Augusta. Somebody asked a question on the Facebook group before, and I'm sorry I can't remember the name right now, but it, this feels like a right time to ask it. They'd heard rumours that the bird tweets that you hear on TV are, aren't real. I could hear birds. Right, well, there you go. Answers that. There's beautiful birds flying around everywhere. What style? The one one thing I did see was some like I don't know what they're called, like these proper red birds, like and they were really loud. They were beautiful. Nice. There was honestly so much going on. But I think for me, I love that. I like what you're saying about the no phones in the sense that it looks weirdly. It looks nice on TV, and people are watching it. They're not glued to the phone, taking pictures. And I can imagine what you're saying. You feel like you're really there because you're not on your phone. Is it annoying that you can't text people to say Correct. we're at hole 12 Correct. or can't use Apple Pay or can't check the scores of other people out there getting on? That's Correct. the one place I bet you miss it. Yeah, definitely. There, there was there was a couple of times. First off, again, I was, I was pretty much with Seb every day. Like, if he was going to nip to the toilet, you had to properly plan where we're going to meet. Yeah. Because if you lost each other, that's it. You're gone. Yeah. So this was really weird. I'm going to jump a little bit ahead of the story and then come back. So Sunday, my really good friend who I carried for in open qualifying, John Beasley was there with a few pals of his. Oh, was he at the He Masters? got tickets on Sunday. My days. So he he literally texted me five o'clock in the morning. Hi, Rick, where are we going to meet today? Right? Now, I didn't wake up till six o'clock that morning. So I didn't, I didn't get his text till an hour later. By the time I texted him back, he'd gone. <sighs> so I was like, there's no way. How am I going to meet him? There's 50 or 1,000 people there. How am I going to meet him? Do you have your big Rick Shields hat on? Says I'm Rick Shields. It lights up. It... You won't believe this. First person you saw. John. I bumped into him on Did the you? golf course. Not the first person, but the chances of that guy are astronomical. It's not, I don't even think it's fifty-five thousand to one, because if fifty-five thousand people walk past me, that's fifty-five thousand people to one. The chance of seeing him. But you're gonna see the same person twice. It's looping around. But also, and... you're not gonna see. You're not gonna see fifty-five thousand people. True. So I was walking up the side of eleven. I was at, we were actually just nipping back to the um, the hospitality, in fact, the side of 10. And coming down the hill, I saw one of his mates who he was with. 
So I'm, I'm short shoes with John. I went over, I said, Ian. He went, yeah. I went, is John with you? He went, yeah. He's just, I was like, no way. So we got to spend, it wasn't a load of time because he was heading to 12 and uh, he was heading to 16 actually. I was hoping to meet him back up again, but we didn't. I was really annoyed about that. But for about 30 minutes, we got to stand there and watch the Masters and it was it was really, really nice. Like in that situation, you'd love to get a picture together love or something to. at, the, at the Masters. Definitely. Open the Masters. Definitely. That, that is the one thing. There's a couple of opportunities, you think, I wish I could capture this. Yeah. I wish I could take a picture of this, but it's in here. That's true. It's in the brain. So a lot of people were asking me about questions about the pictures I did post mm. on social media. So this was a, another really lucky um, event. So on the, was it Saturday or Friday? I think it was the, oh my God, I can't think now. One of the days, Friday or Saturday. So Tiger was just about to tee off on the on the 10th hole. Okay, at 1, 1 p.m. And me and Seb had only just arrived. We had a bit of a chill-out morning. I think it was Saturday morning. We'd had a bit of a chill-out morning. I was getting all my golf equipment ready for the big game on Monday. And um, <clears throat> so we arrived, and we actually jumped out of the, the uh, car a bit early because we wanted to go straight to 10. So as I was stood on the put the side of the putting green, um, watching Tiger warm up, literally between you and me to Tiger, watching him warm up, it was twice he looked at me in the eye, but nothing. <laughs> He might have been looking at a, a white wall being painted dry. Um, a guy came up and he had a, an official master's armband on and a lanyard. And he said, hi, you know, um, I, I work for August National social media team. Um, we're, we I watch a YouTube channel. We follow people. We're going to follow, um, I'm going to use this word lightly, VIP celebs round and take pictures. Would you like us to take pictures that we send to you after the round so you can share them? I'm like, Yes, of in course. In that situation, would you have paid a grand for that if it, if it was a fee to it? Yeah, I think I would have done it. Yeah, you? I bet you would. So, but they also, Tiger was there. So so I said, well, I was going to follow Tiger. It perfect. So we literally followed Tiger down 10, 11, and 12 as this fantastic um, photographer. And we also ended up getting a videographer for little bits of it as well. I've not seen the video footage. Watching Tiger play Some the 12. He played, the tw- he played the 12th hole. We watched him play the 12th hole. Yeah, because I saw one of you turning around from behind the tee. So the I was stood, at, and again, because we had this kind of, this master's guy with us, he got us into these other spaces that we couldn't normally get into. So we sat down right behind the 12th tee as, as uh, Thomas Peters teed off. And that's the picture people have seen on TV. Yes. People are like, oh, why is he following Thomas Peters? No disrespect to Thomas Peters. I was following Tiger Woods in that yeah. group. Um, so we literally got into play, got to see him play twelve. Got loads of these pictures and be able to share them after, which was amazing. Um, trying to think what else happened. It was it was a really fun, crazy week. Every day of the event was fantastic. Um, but all in my mind, as I'm watching the tournament, I'm also thinking I'm getting to play this golf course on Monday morning. Well, you were, but there was also rain delays. Oh my god! That potentially could have made it be a Monday finish. In which case you wouldn't have been playing at Augusta. I wouldn't have been on this podcast now. I'd have been still in tears. How good would you have been? Oh, honestly, we were following the weather report so intensely. The Saturday was really important for mm. us, for our, our likeliness of playing because they managed the players managed to get in. It was torrential rain on Saturday. They managed to get a really important, like 10 holes in the final groups. That's what helped them finish the round of golf on Sunday. That meant the other thing, if it had gone to a playoff... There would have been a high chance we wouldn't have played on Monday. Why? Because the the finish time was about seven fifteen. It went dark at like eight. Right. 
Jones. Now, if it was a two-three-man playoff, if it was a two or three-hole playoff, it would have rolled to Monday. It would have done. So as soon as John Rahm started to take that lead on the back nine, it was like, oh my God, please, please, please do not mess this was, up. Was there a part of you though, even when he won and you were like, did, did it still not feel like until he got to that first tee that something might, because it's just such an unusual opportunity that he just couldn't guarantee it. Until I hit the very, very opening tee shot, I, d- I still didn't believe any of oh it. Because I thought there's going to be a time where someone taps on my shoulder and goes, Oh no! Sorry, this it's a was joke. A total, total misunderstanding. <laughs> deck come out the trees. <laughs> <laughs> You've been punked, <laughs> and it all started from John Ram recognizing me. He, he was in on it from back in the day. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was not. It, not for one minute did I genuinely believe it's going to take place. So as, talk me through the morning. Well, sorry, tell me this, but then I want to well, go from the morning. As everything started to click into place, so many things could have gone a different direction mm-hmm. this week, and I wouldn't have been playing. Like, I've been really cautious about not getting injured. Like, even when it's been, like, wet and I've been walking down the side of 10, the golf course on 10, when it's really, really hilly, I'm like, I'm taking, like, baby steps because I'm not wanting to get injured. I'm I'm trying to not do anything stupid or daft or injure myself. I, I was, like, so protective over everything. Like, even certain meals that I was selecting on, <laughs> on like, Saturday and Sunday, I was, like, checking. The food was spectacular, but I was, like... Should I should I choose this chicken or should I just go for something that's really safe that I know I'm not going to get any food poisoning or you know it's not going to give me an upset stomach? So on on Saturday, I so you can, didn't drink obviously then because you didn't want to fall over when you were drunk or get well, a stomach off the Guinness. So the well the one thing <laughs> we did have a few beverages, but that was to settle the nerves. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? Um, the other thing as well, we did pretty much every day, and I want to give a huge shout out to this venue. We went pretty much every day maybe bar one, we went to a golf course that was about 15 minutes down the road called West Lake. And it was beautiful. It is it's so unbelievably similar to Augusta. And, that, and that's, that's not kind of taking anything away from either venue. It was big pine trees, pine straw, immaculate fairways, immaculate greens. We played with a young lad called Hamilton who actually played in the drive put, um, drive chip and put event last year oh wow he's a 15 year old he plays off plus four he absolutely kicked our ass i wish we could have filmed it we didn't take any proper camera equipment out with us and he was really good so we practiced on really fast greens all all day but most days we we hit balls on the driving range uh, Sunday morning before we went to the Masters, we went for about a two-hour grind session. We went really? and played a little so five-hole What time loop. were you going playing golf then in the morning? Like club cracker door, seven o'clock in the morning. Really? Yeah, it, went, it got light at seven and pretty much two or three of the days we were there at 7.30 oh, wow. hitting balls Didn't by. Didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, you took this serious, haven't you? Did. So, yeah, Saturday morning I cleaned all my golf clubs out. Um, I cleaned every single golf club. Again, so that, it's not like you. So they were absolutely pristine. I don't think I've ever seen them as clean in my life. I took all the golf balls out of my bag that I didn't require. I mean, I stripped it as light as it could possibly be. I marked all my golf balls up. I put lines on my golf balls and everything. I was really prepared. I took nine golf balls. Okay. I'll come to how many I finished with in a moment after the round of golf. So, Yes, we, we you end up getting the invitation. So I got an invitation on the Sunday night and it was it was there on my pillow and it was an invitation. 10 a.m. tea time, Monday the 10th of April. A time I will never forget. <laughs> and it said, you're allowed to arrive one hour before your tea time. Okay. okay. That was strict. We got there at one hour 15 before our tea time and got turned away. Honestly. Yeah. They told us not... You, you, You've got to go and park up somewhere. So anyway, that so that oh morning, um, probably woke up about six a.m. 
really excited. I, I slept really, really well. Um, the only mistake I'd made, I stupidly left my phone on loud on the side of my bed and I was getting ping text messages through the night and I don't know why I didn't turn it off or to put it on silent, but I don't think I wanted to sleep through. And I always think if I put my phone on silent, does it affect the alarm? Probably doesn't, but <laughs> I didn't want to take the risk. So I woke up Saturday morning, uh, uh, sorry, Monday morning, got everything prepared, packed all my bags, had my golf clubs ready. I'd already pre-chose my outfit. So I actually scripted all my outfits throughout the week. Wow. Because I knew on Monday I wanted to be dressed in all black. Harry Player-esque. I just knew that it was an outfit choice I would look back at in many, many years and never regret. Yes, it's not like you're going to look back at when people used to wear like really bright trousers and white belts. You look back now, God, that looked rubbish. Black, uh, All black everything. I have white shoes on, some really nice Echo Classic shoes, which were brand new out of the box, which are probably now going to be retired. I'll come to whether I'm going to retire my clubs in a moment. <laughs> um, so got there at... Uh, we so got everything ready. And you know what? This is the best description. People are asking me, how, like, how are you feeling? It felt like the morning of my wedding day. Okay. And what I mean by that, I was nervous, but I wasn't scared. Does that, make, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, because if you, it sounds bad, if you went for an operation, you're going to be nervous and somewhat scared, I'd imagine, because what if something goes wrong? With this, you're more the nervous of, like, excitable energy, isn't it? It's not like something can really go wrong. But I, but I was really really calm for me yeah. honestly like really just quite chill again similar to my wedding day i knew that you know she was going to turn up i knew that everything <laughs> was going to go to plan I, I was kind of really chill well, even though in this situation of playing augusta i think i would also be nervous why do we get nervous because it's not that we're going out actually in the masses trying to shoot a score yes you don't want to play horrendous admittedly but what is it about it that makes us nervous do you think it's history so once and potentially once in a lifetime opportunity. But is it the fact you want to play okay to... I wanted to hit the golf ball well. Okay. Definitely. That's why I practice most mornings. I wanted to stand up there and finish this round of golf and show you a scorecard and go, I hit the golf ball well. I've got a number in my head that I think you shot. That'll come to I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll come. I've got it. Well, type it in your laptop. Okay, then. Type it in your laptop. Don't give it away just yet. So I, I wanted to be able to stand there and feel like you know, I wasn't when I got nervous, and, I, and it's happened a few times. Sometimes when I played with some of these big tour stars like Lee Westwood, I was really kind of quite nervous and almost quite scared of the way I was going to play. And I kind of get this feeling in my hands, these kind of nervous hands, and, and it, I never particularly play well. And a lot of these matches you've seen me play with tour pros, I've particularly played a lot better the back nine as those yes, kind of nerves have started correct. to disappear. So, but honestly, I was so chill. We were very. Very lucky. The weather, and it didn't look like it was going to be like this, was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Probably like 18 degrees Celsius. So I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Not a breath of wind, sunshine, no cloud in the sky. So it was warm, but it wasn't like sweating hot. Yeah. So I was comfortable in trousers because you had to wear trousers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You come, well, you come, you, if you're going to play it, you have to wear trousers. Um, or certainly that's what it said on the invitation. You could take a digital camera to take pictures and throw a few of them in this video. Um, I say a few. We took 900 pictures between us. But I'll select some of the nice ones to put in this video. So when we arrive, you arrive and, and you get treated like royalty, like you are a member. So you, you, we, again, we drove down Magnolia Lane. And in this, in this instance, instead of turning left towards hospitality houses, you take a right and you go right outside the clubhouse. And had you been in the clubhouse this week before or not? No, no, not you one. Done you can't get then. close to the okay. clubhouse at, at, if unless you're a member, a member's guest, or a player. So you right out, you get part dropped off right outside the clubhouse, 
and they open the door and there's about five or six members of staff there and they're so assert, you know, so welcoming. Hi, good morning. Uh, how are you all doing? You're feeling good? They're taking your clubs out of your bag, saying, have you got everything out, out of your golf bag? Because next time you're going to see your clubs, they'll be at the driving range. I was like, yeah, got all my bits out of my golf bag that I needed. No phones at this point. No now. phones. No phones at all on the Monday. So only a little digital camera. And they said, um, we'd welcome you to into the um, clubhouse. Upstairs, we've got breakfast available. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So we're walking in. And you know when you walk into somewhere fancy, you, you do act a little bit different, don't yeah. you? So I was a bit more taller, a bit, you know, <laughs> well, like, as I walk past the reception desk, good morning, good morning. And these lovely ladies are on the front desk. Good morning, sir. Um, it was saying up the stairs. Good morrow. <laughs> up, the, up the stairs. And it, now we'd had breakfast because what we didn't want to do is waste time eating breakfast. We wanted to hit balls. Eating is cheating. Eating is cheating. So we had, I had a grape just as I've eaten breakfast at Augusta National Golf Club. You had a grape. Went to the toilet. And then <laughs> we went to the champion's locker room. Now it's not big, it's not big at all. It's it's actually the the main clubhouse, the actual body of the clubhouse isn't very big at all. And when you're in it, the little you know upstairs is it's hard to give it context, but it's like they're like a living room, a large living room, like in a nice like a big large living room. And um, at the back of that, there's the champions locker. So you walk into this champions locker, and all around the side of these of these lockers, and on every single locker there was a name. Or names, multiple names, um, and right in front of you in a glass cabinet is the current green jacket. Scotty Scheffler's green jacket is there, right in front. Will of that you. be John Rams now? Then it wouldn't because it was on Monday, wasn't it? Right, so, so it hadn't been changed. Right yet. with you, but it will. It be. will be John Rams. Right. And in there was a wedge that he'd used on on the event as well, and I think a golf ball, and then all of his signed, exactly official scorecards from his Augusta uh, as the Masters last year. And as you're walking around, you get you get read our name on a locker room. Now I must admit it was a bit of a blur for me, and I can't quite remember whose locker we were on on, but I know we were one right of Tiger Woods's locker. Days. So you open the locker, and I was expecting to see green jackets. They're not in there. <laughs> Funny enough, they take them away. Uh, so there's no green jackets in the in their lockers. But I, to be honest, I didn't have anything with me. I had my sh- golf shoes already on, so I was ready to go. So quick nip to the toilet. Um, getting prepared, and Pre-game, then and then, and then you you come out and you get directed to the buggies and the golf buggies take you around to the to the players' driving range. Nice. Now, weirdly, all week it was actually a place I've n- I've not been. Right, I've not been to the players' driving range all week long. So you're on there, and you and there's all the um, caddies in white boiler suits. Okay, and our four golf bags, so me, Seb, and our the two guys we were playing with, were all lined up there, and we had a caddy next to us, and, and they had the green hat on the white boiler suit, and on the side of the of the cat, which was very useful, had a little badge with their name on it as well. That's cool. So my caddy was called Doug. Doug. Doug was fantastic. Doug was fantastic. So I'm there, and I'm, I'm stood there, and this is the one thing, genuinely, I, my almost lasting memory of Augusta National. The grass is like nothing I've ever seen in my life. Elaborate. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Now, you know when you go to a driving range sometimes at these nice courses, you can hit a few shots and it can be quite sandy, can't it? Yes. This wasn't. This was like hitting off the most immaculate fairway you've ever hit like, shots off. It almost off. like lets a bit of soil come out. It, perfect. Just, just so it was perfect. Not too long. Not too short. It wasn't like it was ridiculously short. 
pyramid of Pro V1s, huge pyramid as well, probably 150 balls, Pro V1s, all these perfect targets, like real greens with all the yellow flags sticking out of them. So good. Um, and there was there was not many people there. There was there was you wouldn't you could not fathom the facts that the day before that that venue, that same golf course, was the host of the the biggest sporting event that day. Like so much of the infrastructure had been taken down already overnight. So on the golf course, I'll come back to this in a minute. I'll come back to the driving range story in a minute. On the golf course, um, to stop the patrons obviously coming onto the golf course, there's there's um the spikes and the rope mm-hmm. going all the way around. That had all been cleared. Wow. Everywhere. All the chairs had been moved, everything, apart the scoreboards and a few TV towers. That was it. I suppose they don't have to be grandstands. Do they have a grandstands? They one have grandstands, yeah. They? they have one on 12. Um, oh, beha- that's on 12. Uh, they have one on uh, 16. They have one on 15. Yeah, they have about five or six. They but it's still not there. like the open grandstands, though, no. is it, if you know what I mean? No, they're, a bit, they're much smaller. Um, and, yeah, there's not many of There's not as many of them. It's much more on, on the f- ground or those, the green chairs. Because you know the story about the green chairs. Once you put them in that location and you put your name tag at the back... That's your chair for the day. I don't know if I like that or not. It's, it works. I feel like it's good if, if that's you. But then if you if I put mine on whatever hole and then I went off for two hours, nobody can sit in that seat. So what I found, we actually did sit in some of the seats. Right. So we'd ask a few people around us, is anyone sat in that seat? And they'd say, oh, no, no one's been there for about an hour. We would sit in those seats. Yeah. And if someone came along and went, there are our seats, oh, just get up straight we'd go, there. not a oh, problem. That, that, that works then. Now, not, it never happened to us where the where somebody came back and asked us to move, but we wouldn't have a st- leg to stand on because yeah. it has their name on the back of the I'm chair. So you can kind of sit in the chair. You have got to be respectful for it. Anyway, I'm there hitting shots on the driving range. So what what do you, what do you think I hit very first shot on the driving range? Uh, a, a fifty six degree chip driver. Why would I do that? I'm thinking I've got to build confidence here. This is a building confidence session. At this point, I've probably got about 40 minutes before my tee off. I've been advised heavily after speaking to a couple of people who've played it before, spend 95% of that time on the putting green. Okay? Because mm-hmm. that's where it, the shots on the range don't really matter. So I thought, right, let's just build confidence on the range. I got a tee peg out of my pocket and I teed up a nine iron. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know what? If there's going to be one club that I'm not going to mess up is a little teed up nine iron. I like it. And I just clipped it away and that really helped me. Wow. Just just that first shot, just clipping it away and just seeing the flight. That was yeah, the I first, suppose a chunked 56 wouldn't have been great, would it? That's the very first shot I hit on property. It's the very first shot I've hit Augusta National with the, with the Augusta National turf. I just wanted to clip a little nine iron away and I just clipped it away, 120 odd yards. I was like, nice, good decision that. And then I started to hit more shots off the turf. But the turf was just magnificent. Crisp. Crisp. Doesn't mean I hit great shots. Of course. I fatted a lot. <laughs> a lot of shots. And I was kind of to the point where I was like getting quite nervous. So anyway, I got going with it. And I, I managed to actually find my rhythm and started to hit some really, really nice shots. And I hadn't told anything about the caddy at this point. I just, I'd, I'd had a quick chat to him. He didn't ask me about my ability, didn't ask me anything. He had a little digital, my little digital camera taking pictures for me. Um, hit some really good drives, like really good drives on the driving range. So that, nice. that really helped me. And I said, oh, we'll go and hit some, uh, I'd love to hit some bunker shots, then get on the putting green. He said, yeah, not a problem. He's, and as we're walking over, he said, so what is it you play off about one or two? 
That'll do. Nice. That'll do for me, Doug. You'll do for me. Um, so then I threw some balls out into the sand. The sand, again, is just magnificent. Where's the short game area then? So you, as the driving range is there, um, hitting shots to the kind of right-hand side, on the left-hand side there's a huge putting green, which I actually again got advised not to use because it's not quite as fast as normal greens. Right. I don't probably believe that. I'm pretty sure it would be the same speed. There's a huge short game area on the left. Massive bunkers, loads of pitching areas, loads of great shots to hit, like 50 to 70-yard shots. It's it's perfect. And this is actually closed most of the time. This is just for the Masters. Really? Yeah. The oh. actual member's driving range is just right near the clubhouse. All right. It's just like a little 250-yard, dead narrow little driving range, which you warm up on. Okay. It's actually on the side of Magnolia Lane is the member's driving range. Surely if you are a member paying however much it costs, you'd want access to these amazing facilities. Oh, do you not even care? To be honest, I think the other facilities are pretty special as well. Oh, yeah, they will be. They really are. So um, I hit a few bunker shots, and honestly, the sand, it was it was just mega. The one thing I did notice, the shots even into the into these real greens on the driving range, the greens are, were firm. Mm. Like the first bounce was quite big, and then it grabbed. Yeah. So something I kind of noticed for when we got on the golf course so anyway, I'd hit probably about 20 minutes of hitting balls on the driving range, probably 15 minutes more than I wanted to. And then I headed over to the putting green for the very first put Augusta National on the mm-hmm. real greens. Chucked a few balls down, had a little 15-footer, boxed the first one. Honestly. Boxed it. Then for about 15 minutes, didn't hold a single put. <laughs> well, I'm worthy as fast as you'd think. Guy, I, can't, I cannot. I almost can't explain it. Like what's the fastest greens we've ever played oh, on? God. Would you say JCB? In the summer, you're not going to get much faster than them, are you? Faster than them. Like, like, considerably. Considerably faster than them. And that's just on a flat putt. It, the greens, are, 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 a lot of people speak about them. They are some of the most unique surfaces in the world. It's the undulations as well with the speed, isn't it? So much slope. Now, luckily, it's been raining, so they were receptive. But if those greens were hard, that would have been impossible. That would have been impossible. So anyway, I spent 15, 20 minutes on the putting green, chatting to the greenkeeper who was repairing these kind of um, holes that the, the seats had been sat on. I was talking about the presentation before. And then it was getting closer to crunch time. It was 10 minutes before our tea time and we needed to be on the tee. So the caddy kind of said, yeah, we're good to go. And at that point, you're looking around, and I was really, really trying to soak it in. I was really trying to, you know, make sure I treasure these moments. I'm walking from the putting green to the first hole. You've got the 10th tee here. You've got the 18th green there. It's, it's No one's around. Like, And you cannot comprehend that the biggest golf tournament in the world was there yesterday, the day yeah. before, like less than 12 hours before. You've got the clubhouse on the right side with all the green and white umbrellas. It's a beautiful day, and you just, you're walking to the first tier Augusta National. Now, the one thing I wanted, and I would have loved the opportunity to play off the tournament tees. Yes. Okay? I would have loved to have played off the real tournament tees because the pins that I played on Monday were the Sunday pin positions. Yeah. That wasn't allowed. Yeah. Understand, I'm not going to argue. We played off the members' tees. And in hindsight, I'm also probably glad I did. I suppose as well, if you've got people of different abilities playing that day and is off the tournament tees, it could get rather tricky. Well, the tournament tees are, is 7,545 <laughs> yards, okay? Right. The members tees, which I played off, a lot of noise going on. Yes. Is 
um, a thousand, just just over a thousand yards less. Six four. Six, yeah, just under six four. Okay, that might slightly affect my score. No, well, I'm going to keep the same score. Bear in mind, this is Augusta National. Yes. Like, this is a golf course that I've never played before, that I've, I've only ever seen it on TV. That You've got an idea of the holes, but you've got no idea. So on the first hole, really nice welcome, you know, um, and this is where it properly starts to feel real. Yeah. But this was it when I was like, oh my God, this is going to be the time I hit a golf shot on the golf course. And I'm speaking to my caddy and it's the first hole. It's a dog leg up the right hand side. It's a beautiful day. Loads of lovely, got to meet a couple of members there on the first tee. Um, there's maybe 20, 15 people around, let's say, argument's sake, including the players and the caddies and a few kind of the officials. So I'm stood down the first hole, 365 yards off the members' tees. And one of the guys said, I'll, I'll go first. And he kind of hit an okay tee shot, leaked it to the right a little bit. I went, I'll go next. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. So I'm dun, teeing dun. the ball up. Okay. And, and I am. I'm, I'm now go, going from less calm, but a little bit nervous, but skin still quite calm. Are there people watching around? Yeah, not? about 15 people, 20 Who people. Who are the people coming after you teeing off next? Or yeah, whatever, like the, or? the players that we were with. Everyone had caddies, a right, few okay. officials, a few people kind of just dotting around. So I'm stood there and I'm teeing it up and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is it. This is the time I get to hit a tee shot at Augusta National. And part of me was like, don't mess it up. But also part of me was like, let's just let's just enjoy this. Yeah. Like I really, really, I wasn't going to keep score. I'm glad you did. I wasn't going to keep it. So I thought to myself, I don't want my score to affect my mood of how I played. I get that. But I also think this is such a big opportunity. You wouldn't let it. Yeah. You, you're there. You, so I stand there and I tee it up and I've got driver. What shot shape were you seeing? Little cut. So the bunker on the right was about 250 to carry. So just go kind of over the corner of that bunker. So I'm stood there and I'm and I'm very calm, I'm very chill, and I'm looking in the distance. And I tee I tee it up and I pull the club back and, and I a bit of a blur and and I make contact. And guy, when I when I say it's the greatest <laughs> opening tee shot I have ever Hitting my life. Yes. Out the middle, nailed. It was crunched. It was crunched. It felt phenomenal. I, I followed through and I held my follow through as I was kind of seeing the ball just fizzing down the first hole in the blue sky. And I was holding my follow through almost in disbelief. Almost like, have I honestly just hit that tee shot? <laughs> That I've hit that golf ball that's flying through the air and I'm, and I'm holding the finish at least until the golf ball landed. <laughs> at least. And I'm and I'm thinking, and it landed, it went just in inside of the bunker on the right-hand side, tiny little draw, probably put, landed at about 275, 280, and it bounded down the fairway, and I, and I just couldn't believe it. And that, 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 for me, set me up for the day. I was like, if I've just been able to hit a shot like that, under that much pressure, I'm I'm going to take that singular golf shot, and I can remember it with such vivid vivid memories that that's the that's the feeling I want on every single first tee shot for the rest of my life. Wow! And if I don't, I'm also not bothered because like, but I did it at Augusta. Yeah, that's that's yeah. If I ever hit a bad tee shot again, I'm like, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It doesn't matter because I hit a great t-shirt at Augusta. Wow. And the guys were like, wow, that's the best shot we've seen so far. And about three hours of groups have gone out at this point. And I was just like, oh my God, I made the funny joke, right? That's me done. Thanks, See fellas. you later, guys. See you guys. See you I'll, I'll, uh, That's me done at Augusta. But I just couldn't believe it. I was just hit this shot and I was like, wow. So anyway. Did um, that I, set the tone for the day then, that strike? Teaser. I don't know if I've ever hit my driver better in my life. Wow. In my life. Wow. Like, honestly, I don't know what, to, I don't know what possessed me. I probably hit, and I'll come on to a few of them in a minute, I probably hit one shot that really ruined a hole for me. T-shot on 12. I'll come back to it. <laughs> so, and it, should we, what should we do? How should so we do this? So what we're going to do is, uh, you're, I believe, we're going to do a separate video, which will live on the main YouTube channel, where you're going to actually do shot by shot, and we're going to use, like, graphics and stuff like that. So, in terms of every single shot, are you happy with that? Mm-hmm. So, depends if you want to give us some nuggets of certain holes here. And then people can go and watch that video. Oh, we've got to tell people on the podcast. So, do you want to do every hole here? Yeah. Every shot? Yeah. Okay. I think we'll just turn this into a main video. Okay. Okay, you ready? Settle in, everyone. <laughs> Let Settle in. On. So, that was the opening tee shot. We can use that in the main video. So, so after that opening tee shot, I'm walking down the hole just in disbelief almost and, and just really trying to look around. And again, it's that time where I was so appreciative in some degree that one and I think I addressed this in the main video. Well, I did. We weren't allowed to film it. That's just what it is. So, so yeah, so I'd hit that opening tee shot. And, I, and like I said, we're not going to go through every single shot in this video. I'm going to do that in a separate main yes. main channel video where I'll go through every single shot. I want to talk more about the story of it all. You're going to find out what score I shoot right now in this, in this podcast. But I'll talk about every single shot in the actual main video. So I was walking down the hole, just, just loving life, really trying to soak it all in. Almost, again, 
pinching myself thinking, is this real life? I feel like that, although I don't know what you've shot yet, so I don't know how you left the 18th green, but that walk must have always been the best walk of the day of the week. You're yeah. walking, you're at Augusta, it's all happened, you've not got injured, thankfully. The tea time went ahead, the sun's out, you're in this nice outfit, you've nailed your first tee shot, you've got a caddy, and you're walking down to hit your second shot. That must be unmatchable. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was almost that real kind of pinch me moment going, wow. That it's actually happened. That like, all the things that I dreamt of, that I'd, that I wished for, that I, I, w- I wanted, that I need, like uh, how how you pictured it, has just taken place. Yeah, like I couldn't have written it any better. That first opening tee shot, how it all went. So walking down there, and again, it's a much shorter hole off the members' tees, three hundred and sixty-five yards. I had about seventy yards left in, so I so I did it about two ninety. Um, Kind of missed the green on the on the second shot. A nice wedge up and down, made a par. Wow! On the first hole, what a start! So I hold a really good six footer for par. So up and down on the first, nice par, very yeah. very good start. Yeah, so I was over the moon with that. I felt like, you know, just to be able to par the first hole, insane to be level par through one. <laughs> You've been level par at Augusta <laughs> after the first hole. Uh, I, I kind of we're going to do a main video where I go through every single shot. But um, there was a couple of key standout moments. So um, I bogeyed the second. Okay. I was greenside bunker in two. Um, I then had a bit of a nightmare on the fourth hole. So okay, it's the par three. three. Okay. So I slightly chunked my iron shot. I was hitting a six iron into that green. I slightly chunked it. And I was actually short of the bunker, short sided myself, right? And at this point, I'd not really faced a tricky shot. So I had a, a short-sided with a wedge. What's fascinating, again, about the grass there, there's no grain. The right. grass doesn't have grain at all. So every lie is actually really nice. So just the grass goes upwards, essentially. Yeah. It almost sits up a little bit. I must admit, chipping, if you were a good chipper around Augusta, you would find chipping outrageously In easy. terms of strike. It's so easy, yeah. But then you've got the green to deal with, yeah. I guess. And, and there's hardly any rough. Like yeah. The rough isn't that thick. Well, you said that on the last podcast, and I, I when I was watching the golf, I thought you, you obviously you were right. You've got fairway, pristine, rough that's not too bad. Then it's the pine, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So you know, if you hit it, you hit the ball straight and long, or long and just a little bit offline, you'll easily get away with it. Yeah. And if you're a good chipper, you can definitely score around that golf course. Um, obviously, that's not my forte. <laughs> so now, what I didn't want to do, uh, there was one thing I didn't want to do is properly mess up a shot. Okay. Like I didn't want to regret and go, oh my god, like why have I hit? Why have I just duffed it? Do you know mm. what I mean? I really didn't want to do that. So um, I ended up playing this little chip and, and caught it quite nicely, but it, I went big. Okay. I went up on the green, but big for the first really testing putt. Now, the putts were so <laughs> bloody fast through two, three, and four. The green, uh, sorry, first, second, and third, so fast. I had this slippery downhill putt right to left, um, and the caddy literally pointed to a point that was maybe three feet in front of me on this 30-foot putt, okay? He said, that's where you've got to get it to. And I'm literally like, get it to? Just literally put it to that. And I, and I, and he said, to be honest, even then, it might not stop. And I'm looking at his putt and going, I don't oh, know how heck. I'm going to keep this on the green. So I literally tapped this putt, tapped it. And I must admit, I probably hit it a tiny bit harder than what he'd advised. And it got to the hill. And at one point, you think, it's not going to get there. Yeah. At one point, you get scared and go, oh, my God, I've made a right fool of myself. 
then it picks up then it's picking up and then you're thinking slow down slow down please slow down please hit the hole and it runs like seven foot past right i'm thinking oh my god so there was a let's call it 30 foot putt i in my head tried to hit it three putt three foot it's gone 37 it's gone 37 foot that's so then I have this seven footer back up the hill. And so far I hold a really good six footer on the first, a really good five footer on the second, a really good four footer on the third, seven footer uphill right to left and just left it short. Because uphill puts a lot slower. Weirdly slower. I heard that. Like weirdly slow. It's really hard to almost It's a it, contrast, isn't it? It's really hard. If you if you're below the hole, you can be so aggressive. Question then. Your first foot was thirty seven put. Start again. Your first putt was 37 foot. Your second one was about seven. You left it short. Did you hit the second putt harder yeah, than the first putt? Definitely. Oh my days. Because I hit the second putt about as about nine foot. Oh my word. So so I, that was my first three putt of the round. So I said to you before you went that I thought you could have a five putt in you. And that's not a dig at you. That's just somebody you've never played Augusta playing Augusta. You could have a five putt. Was there any five putts in there? No, I didn't have a five putt and I didn't have a four putt. Oh, fair dues. And I only had two three putts. Oh, wow. Oh, my score that I've got for you then could be way off. Oh, no, wait. Okay. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't hit many greens and I, had, and I had one nightmare hole, but I didn't. I only had two three putts, right? And I guess the nightmare hole, before you tell us, we've actually got on the back of these golf balls, the holes. 13. Come to it. So it's unlucky for some, and it's also, it might be unlucky for me. I think you bombed driver and got carried <laughs> away. <laughs> right. So again, I'm hitting driver well. Fifth hole, hardest hole in the golf course. Bomb it over the bunkers. Again, I'm playing it way short than the pros. Bomb it over the bunker. Left it on the front edge. Incredible two put. So I parred the hardest hole in the golf course. Class. The fifth. I parred the sixth. The par three down the hill. Lovely. After almost getting it on that top shelf, <sighs> I missed the top shelf by about a yard. I was hitting six iron by about a yard, and it rolled. Again, 45 feet away. And at this point, are you happy with your level of play for the day? I'm feeling very comfortable, Good. yeah. I'm feeling like I'm hitting the golf ball well. I feel like I've, I'm have i so in control of my driver, it's ridiculous. I bombed it on the first, bombed it on the second, bombed it on the fifth. I'm feeling really good about myself. I hit two iron on the third, that was a bit of a mistake. I should have probably hit driver, but I didn't want to get too close to the green. So then um, the really good two put there, smashed it as hard as I could, literally smashed it as hard as I could on the putting green just to get on the top tier and then hold a really good 10-footer from there. Seventh hole, this was interesting. So you know the seventh, dead, dead straight, yeah. okay? It's a couple of bunkers short the green and it's the hole where a lot of the players pitch it back and spin it yes. back to the front pin. Again, bomb driver down there. I could I could not have been happier with my driver. You can't swap that driver. All day. I could not be happier with my driver all day. I'd about again I'm playing off a more forward tee. I had 70 yards into the pin. Okay. And the pin's at the front. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is the chance to fly it over the pin and screw it back. So in my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to try and pitch this about 80 yards and let's see if we can get this dancing. I hit a phenomenal shot. But truth be told, I slightly fatted it and it stiffed it straight like to about really? three foot. So it wasn't the shot I meant to play. Yeah, you went to go beyond it and spin it. And so I hit this shot and I slightly fat it. I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God. But because I'd allowed for more to go past it, it pitched about three foot short, just over the bunker and finished about three foot past the hole, right? Yeah. This is the first opportunity for a birdie. Bit of birdie sauce at Augusta. Now, one of the guys in our group had done something similar. They actually did throw it past the flag and spun it back. And he had about a six footer, similar line to mine. 
he holds his for birdie. Right. Is that first birdie of the group? First birdie of the group. So, team birdie. <laughs> team birdie. So, I've got this little three-footer guy. It's the slipperiest little putt you've ever seen in your life. Downhill off the left. Downhill off the left. Faster than fast can be, right? And I was also, part of me is like, I really want to make birdie here. Like, this is the first, this is the potential first and maybe last opportunity I, I get for a clear-cut birdie putt. Yeah. Right? So I'm stood over and I'm thinking, please, 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 almost the same distance as I was the first put. I thought that was going to happen. So now I've got this four footer up the hill for par. I'm thinking, please don't three foot, three put from three feet. Luckily I hold it. My putting inside six feet was fantastic all day. Was fantastic. Wow. Honestly. The, the, if you're inside six feet, putting isn't that hard. And that sounds ridiculous. The greens are fast as hell, but because they can't cut the, the holes yeah, some... on such a slope yeah. because the greens are that fast, there's actually kind of a, right around the hole. It's fairly flat. Yes. It's only when you start to be 20 foot away. 20, 30, 40 foot. It's just so hard. Yeah. Like if you're not getting, re- if you you either got to be sticking it within size six feet or just phenomenal from long range. Yeah. But even, I don't even know if you can be a long, a good long putter at Augusta. It's hard to hold really long putts. Do you know you're what I mean? You should get them within that dustbin lid, yeah. though, I guess, aren't you? So, um, I parred it, parred seven. At this point, I am four over par okay. through seven. Par five, eighth coming up. Yeah. The first one of two bad drives I hit all day. Slightly pulled it to the left um, in the um, pine straw. Okay. And I really wanted to go for the eighth green in two. And this is the thing with Augusta, because it's so iconic, this golf course, you almost want to be hitting these iconic shots yeah. as much as you can, don't you? Yeah. You don't want to be in the trees. You want to be in the middle of the fairway where you've seen these players hit these. Like, I envisioned me hitting this big raking three wood into eight, the par five up the hill. But I couldn't because yeah. I was out of position. So I had to I had to uh, kind of um, punch hooker five iron into a really good spot, actually. Pitched it close, two-putted par. Ninth hole was one I was really looking forward to. You know, with yes. the mad green, right? Again, hit a fantastic drive. I'm 100 yards away from... hundred Sorry, I was 140 yards away from the flag. Um, and the pin's on that kind of middle tier at the time. And as I came back round toward the ninth, there was quite a lot more people starting to be around. Just either people coming off the 18th, mm-hmm. more people teeing off the first, a few kind of people dotted around doing a bit of, you know, whatever work, maintenance work, etc. So now it's like, right, right. I really want to hit a good shot here. Now, nine is one hole. The green, I've really, really wanted to hit a shot into. Because you see it and you see how it's, you know, you see the guys where they pitch it short and they spin it all the way down the yeah. bank. You know, I was thinking, come on, this is a great chance. I hit this delightful nine iron. Like, delightful. Up the hill, I'm thinking, this is absolutely money. The caddy's saying, that is perfect. You couldn't be better. And you can't see it. You don't know where it is. And there's no crowds, no oohs and ahs. So I'm walking up thinking it's going to be three foot away from the hole. Okay, so I'm walking up and I'm thinking, where the hell is this ball? It it, it, it clung on to the tier just above the perfect tier. Oh. If it had come back and we looked at the pitch mark, the pitch mark was maybe 10 foot past that point. And it zipped. And it zipped. It needed one more foot and it would have rolled to about three foot away. Oh. However, now I've got one of the hardest putts yeah, in the world. Yeah, you just need to tap it. 
and I li- but you have to stand like sideways and my back was pretty much to the flag and I literally tapped it and it and it raced on about seven foot past again and I had now a really testing put for par hold it wow. so it's four over through nine holes can I tell you my score then now what through nine or no, eighteen for what I think you're going to shoot for eighteen and see if I get close go on I think you well this is before so you're four over four over through nine I put this number down before with, with, a, with a double bogey. I put 86 down. Okay. That was my score. Yeah, I, I had, so I had one, two, three, four, five. I, I had five pars in a row. So I, I went par, bogey, bogey, double. Yeah. Then five pars in a row. This could be way off then. But that, when you first said those tees, et cetera, et cetera, green's going to be insane. If, if I was to put myself in the position of playing off the back tees, I think that would have been probably four shots more. Right. I wow. think I think it would have been forty four on the front nine, but to be fair, there might not have been a huge difference either because I've just been hitting slightly longer club into the green. But so Hard far, so far, That's because respectable. I, because I was hitting my driver so so well that you know, so far you're on a real journey to breaking eighty. Yeah, and that that my my brain hadn't switched to that point yet. Okay, I'll tell you when it switched to that point. So tenth hole. Um, the caddy actually gave me the, gave me a driver, and he, he just started walking. Oh, by the way, a little halfway um, van. No, there's not. There's a little. There's a little. Um, I, I call it a van. That's the probably wrong description. Like a cart. Do you know, like a, a, a like a buggy cart that goes drinks cart that yeah. you have in America, full of snacks, drinks, everything. Free. Yeah, no sausage rolls. Oh. But next time. <laughs> um, so all full of snacks. All, so I managed to get a couple little bars. I got a little um, beer. Little I didn't have a beer. beer. No, I had a uh, some sort of energy drink, which was quite nice. So it's on tenth tee, and this was a tee I was really, really looking forward mm. to playing. The tenth hole. This is where a lot of players talk about, or people who've been. The elevation change is is Insane. crazy. Down ten, it's crazy. Massive dog leg. Off the off the championship tee, it's four hundred ninety five yards. Off the members tees, it's four fifty. The caddy gave me driver and started walking down the fairway. And I was and I was looking at it and going, I don't I don't fancy driver here. Because to hit driver there, you've got to kind of really get it turning because yeah. you're much shorter. And that huge bunker in the middle of the fairway looked like it was in range. Or off the back tees, it never is. Yeah. Like off the back tees, you don't really need to get the ball drawing that much to hit that bank and down Bounce. and off, off it but goes. You normally hit three wood on there a lot of the time. Three woods and so kind of kind of gave me driver because I'd been hitting it so well, it wasn't his fault. And he, he he was always down the fairway. I'm thinking, oh God, I really don't fancy driver here. So I'm looking at the other guys and they're they're you know, they're hitting driver and and none of them particularly hit a great shot on that hole. I'm thinking, I don't really don't like driver here. So luckily a member in, in our group whose caddy was still with us had the same irons as I had. Uh-huh. So I hit his four iron off that tee. Um and I hit the four iron, this kind of rakey drawy one, it hit the bank that I wanted to hit and it shot down the hill. In hindsight, I wish I'd hit the two iron on that hole. If I had my own two iron... If you hadn't gone with you. Did he take your club to take it? Yeah, he, he took my clubs. Right, again, go. he didn't do anything wrong. He yeah, just, but... You know, um, so my second shot into that hole was um, two, uh, 190 yards. On this downhill, I hit this beautiful five iron that pitched pin high, but the green's solid, and it went whoosh, straight through the back of the green. Chip, uh, pitch chipped up, two-putted, come off with a five on 10, which I was happy yep. with. Amen corner. Here we okay. go. Amen corner. Now, the 11th hole was probably the one I was most nervous about. Yeah. Because you can't miss left. If you miss left, it's dead. Gone. Again, off the members' tees, it's, 
it's considerably Good shorter. 520 off the... It's 400 off the memory. Oh, wow. It's, it's considerably shorter, okay? I hit driver, bombed it. I had 90 yards left into the hole, okay? Pin was middle left. I hit this beautiful, full 56-degree wedge to about 10 foot on 11. And again, at, at this point, I'm like, I'm five over par... I'm hitting Amen Corner. The hardest hole on the back nine is the 11th. I've got a 10-footer for birdie. Life is good. And I want, it was weather was nice. I was kind of just cruising down the fairway, feeling good. Missed it. I, I didn't hold anything outside 12-foot all day. All yeah. day. But I hold everything inside 6-foot, pretty much. Not bad. Um, so come off there with a par. 12. This is the one I've been most excited okay. to hear. 12th hole, right. It, it was the hole I'm the most excited to play. It's the hole that least suits your shot shape. So ninth hole, uh, sorry, twelfth hole is the is the hole without question was the one that I was most nervous about because it's the one that most people ask you about yeah. as well, isn't it? If you hit a simple shot of that bunker, it looks so easy, but it's not that simple, is it? No. So it was 151 yards playing. Okay. Okay. Pin. We were pretty much Any playing wind off the, or not. We were pretty much playing off the... Well, that's interesting. 155 so, off the... Yeah, so it was about 151 off the off the tees we were playing off. Pin was famously right yeah. where it is on Sunday. What was wind doing at this point? Could you tell? Kind of a little bit blustery, but nothing crazy. So you're thinking okay. an eight or a nine? So the first player hits, and it looked great in the air. Airmailed the green. My word. Airmailed it. I'm not going to give any, any of Seb's score away, because I think he's going to do something similar on his channel. So I, I was stood there, nine, I had nine iron in hand, okay? So I thought, I much more prefer hitting a fuller shot than, a, than softer, a soft shot. Yeah. And just the way his seemed to just go for miles. So I thought, you know what? You get one chance at this. Go sh- dead aim. At the flag? Dead oh. aim, okay? It's the Tiger Woods. Dead aim, I went for the flag. So I stood there with a nine iron in hand, 151 yards to the flag, dead aim, Okay. So I stood there, and, and this is the point. I think I was more nervous on this shot than I was on the first tee. Because mm. this is it. You've got a decent score going. Got a decent score going, which again, didn't really come into my mind at this point still. It really didn't. And I've just got through the hardest hole. But even now, I'm not really, I wasn't really playing for score. I was kind of just, I was just enjoying it. So I'm stood there with 9-9 in my hand. And I've hit a few fat shots so far this round, I have. My bad shot from driving range earlier on to some of the iron shots I've hit. I've got away with a lot of them, but it's fat. You can't get away with a fat shot there, right? I'm stood there with 9-9 going dead aim. I absolutely struck it perfect. Okay. Perfect. It started at the flag, Okay at the flag and I'm looking at it and as the ball's in the air and this is no exaggeration this sounds fabricated but it feels like the ball's in the air forever on that hole like I'm holding my finish and the ball just seems like it's in the air forever because again it, it's so hard that the, the uh, raised creek is huge mm. first off really wide okay the green really narrow yeah okay so it, it just plays with your eyes so much and as it's mid-flight, it just starts to draw away from the flag. Okay. Not a bad thing. Which I don't mind, again. And I'm looking at it and going, wow, this, 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 please be the number. Please be the number. I knew it couldn't be long. Didn't think, yeah. unless adrenaline had kicked in, I didn't 
feel like I could carry it longer the green. My only question mark was it going to get over the bunker because it started to draw towards the right side of the bunker. And I'm looking at it in the air and I'm thinking, please get there, please get there, please get there. And it just went, boom, middle of the green. Middle of the green. And I must admit, I think at that point, I genuinely probably could have walked off. I could have just gone, thanks guys, thanks for the round. I really appreciate it. Because that was the shot. Yeah, That was the shot that I've been dreaming about, that I've been thinking about so much, that I've I've genuinely just been so, so excited about playing, but also so bloody scared. Because mm. you could ease... What I worried about there was making a bloody six or a seven, and everybody, for the rest of my life, when they say, how'd you get on at 12? I have to tell them I got a six or a seven. Yeah. That, that's it, really. Boom, middle of the green. I've got like a 15-footer downhill, right? Now... What's mad about that green? Because again, not many. You don't get to go over there as a spectator. No. You you don't get to go in that whole corner. You, don't, you never go to, on eleven green. You never go to the twelfth green. You never go to the thirteenth tee. So you don't really know what that green looks like. It's really, really slopey back to front. Right. It's like it's quite down to the water. It's really slopey. So um, I've got this putt, and I'm really, really now thinking, please hold this. Come on, let's. If we're gonna make, I've still not made a birdie yet. I really want to make a birdie on twelve. So I hit this beautiful putt, and it, it looked really good all the way. It's left to right down the hill. It just missed, and ran about five feet past. Oh, no. And now I instantly go, "Don't three foot the twelfth, please don't three foot the twelfth. So I've now got this uphill putt right to left, and I'm I'm nervous now. I'm thinking, oh, please, 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 please. A bit similar to what I did at Sawgrass recently where I hit the green and then nearly three-putted it. This five-foot up the hill right to left. I've held everything all day, bang, straight in the middle of the hill. Lovely stuff. So I parred the 12th. And it was funny, as we were still on the 13th tee, the group behind us played. Anything that lands short of that flag goes back in the water. So the guy right behind us, it must have looked amazing in the air, landed almost directly in line with the flag, three foot on the green, and just straight off the front of the green into the water. Such a tough hole. So 13, this was a... If I could play any hole again, this would be the hole I'd wish I could play again. In what sense? I I just... I think because I'd, I'd been through so much so far through 12 holes, I just wasn't thinking on 13. Right. It, it, it's what did you play it at then? It's very short so. off the members' tees. It's four hundred and fifty-five yards. It's a hundred yards less. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's like a long par four, really. Now again, the caddy gave me driver. Yeah. And again, nothing wasn't his fault. He kind of walked down there, and I stood there and I was like, right, here we go. This is the hole again. Dream of playing. Mm-hmm. This is the hole that I dreamed of playing for so, 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 so long. The big dog leg, right to left, really suits suits my shot shape. Um, you know, I'd love to go for it in two and all this. Now, I've looked back at the pictures, and I just wasn't thinking. I didn't have a distance on things. I could have. I should have gone straight over the trees on the left. Mm-hmm. I, I could have easily put picked a point in the trees and just. Bombed it over that, and I would have had 150 yards left into the green, if not less. Um, So I'm stood there, and maybe subconsciously, I knew this. I I knew that it didn't quite look right to me. So I tried. I stood there on the tee, and I tried to absolutely spank a driver with a draw around the trees. But I think, in hindsight, if I was to actually have tried to achieve that, I don't think I could have hit that shot with driver. I think I won an 83 wood. Because basically, I hit this drive that didn't quite draw. It was a bit healy off the bottom. 
So it wasn't drawing. I was thinking, oh, God, that's going to get up into the trees on the right-hand side. Guy, I was 50 yards through the fairway. Really? In the trees, in the pine. Thinking, oh, my God, like, you couldn't have done that. One off the bat tees, that wouldn't have been possible. No way in God's earth. And also, like, if I'd have hit three wood, or if I'd have gone straight left, that's the one. If I could take any shot back, it's the tee shot on 13. I wish I'd played again. I wish I could have just had a little minute after the excitement of making par on 12. I just didn't, I wasn't thinking. So anyway, I'm in these pine straws. I'm well into the trees at this point. I'm thinking, you're only here once, okay? Let's go for it. So there was a gap really low down this like I could like squeeze this little fade and trying to get it back on the fairway with a four iron I could squeeze it out there and I said to the caddy just before I hit this I've seems to have a reputation that when I go for a gap, gap I'll hit like a twig or a branch and it'll just like I, I always seem to hit it mm-hmm. and I said this time I'm not going to hit that branch I'm going to miss it and when I say a branch as in like something just overhanging yeah. not the real trees that you're trying to avoid so I stood there with this four iron and I and I hit it and I hit this and I could just tell it was perfect. And it started fading and it hit a bloody branch that was made out of steel. <laughs> and this golf ball rick ricochets back basically behind me. Oh, okay. No. A little bit closer to the to the hole, but behind me. Thinking, oh my God. Like, what a nightmare. And now I'm not in much of a better position. So I go for the same shot again, or something similar. This time, I properly hit a tree, okay? And it bounces out hardly anything. So I'm now a one, two, three. If you'd have chipped out from the first one 50 yards, yeah. would you have had a flick in? Yeah. Well, not a flick in. I'd probably had 200 yards in. All right, okay. But, yeah, that that's the hole. It's going to annoy me. It's going to frustrate me. So I, then would, you hit I wish I could have played that hole again. So you hit the tree now, twice. I still can't go for the green. So this is my fourth shot. So I hit four down there to about 100 yards left of the, of the green, 100 yards to the pin, sorry, um, left of the fairway, but near the creek, but obviously not in the creek. Quite a nice angle in. Pitched it up there for five. Yeah. Okay. So now, and it, and it went past the flag and started to mosey on down to the hole, but nothing crazy. I was about 15 footer, put for bogey. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 15 footer, put for bogey on the 13th. I'm thinking, oh, God's sake, like really... I was a bit annoyed myself, but I thought, well, if I box this, I've not boxed anything outside of five foot all day, six foot, but if I box this, I'll take a six. And I think I, with that mindset, I played it way too aggressively. It was downhill, fast as hell. And I just went for six, ran it about 10 foot past, missed it for seven. Get the eight. Tapped it in for eight. I made a snowman on the 13th. I was gutted. Hindsight, should have took your medicine, but you were there once, you had to play the glory shot. Hindsight, I would have hit a different club off the tee. Yeah, true. I would, or, or if I'd have hit driver, I'd have gone way more left. I could have honestly cleared those trees, no question. Um, or or chip out, but So anyway. at this point, how many over are you so now? So I'm now eight over. So you've got 14, I want to, I'm excited for 16. So I make power on 14. Nice. 15 the par five. Yeah. Again, one holes you want to hit, you want to go for the green in two, right? You have to hit down the right hand side of the fairway. I didn't. I slightly pulled it left into the into the trees overhanging. So I thought, okay, well this time do take your medicine, chip out, so at least you get that opportunity to hit that shot into the green. Yeah. Played the worst chip out <laughs> ever. It only just got past the edge of the trees, right? 
So now I'm 200 yards left in. I've got to hook the arse off a golf a, a shot, right, into that green. So I'm thinking, sod it, let's do it. Again, I'm not really playing for score at this point. I'm at eight over, not, you know, so be it. Six, I've got six iron in hand. I hit, and I, and I actually didn't see the golf ball. I hit it way over the bunker on the right-hand side near the green. This massive, big hook, but I knew it felt brilliant because the lies in the rough are so nice, honestly. I hit this beautiful golf shot, and it was, and I knew it was drawing, and the lads I was with like, oh, that looks good, that looks good, but I, I didn't see it. I didn't see where it started. So I'm looking at the flag. My eyes are focused at the flag. And they're like, it looks good, it looks good, it looks good. I'm thinking, please be good, please be good, please be good. And it comes in from a from bloody 45-degree angle from the side. It must have hooked 60 yards. It hits just over the bunker on the right, sticks on the green to about 20 foot, 15 foot. Wow. It was an unbelievable shot. So I've put in for birdie now on 15. Again, I've not made a birdie all day. This is the first time. Uphill, right to left. I feel like, right, there's a really good chance here. I gave it a really good chance. It just missed at the last minute. Tapping five. Sixteenth. Yeah. You know, it's been my screensaver for five phone. or six years. It has indeed. It's been my, sixteenth hole has been my screensaver for five or six years. You got the Sunday pin. Yes. Okay, back left. Um, I quickly nipped to the restroom just behind the tee. A bit of a nervous wee. Stood on there. And I was hitting a seven iron. Right. So it was switching between about 170 yards and 165 just because of wind. So I was thinking, right, well, my caddy was saying eight or seven, eight or seven. I said, well, if no wind, I'll hit eight. If there's wind, hit seven. So as I stood up to the tee, the wind started to pick up. So I swapped clubs to seven iron. And this is the one where I thought, right, come on, Rick. Let's, let's, let's make something magical happen. Like, imagine just for a moment in time, you hit that perfect shot. And, it, and we make a one here. Like, that's what I started to think. And it was very positive vibes. I hit this beautiful, trappy seven iron. Um, didn't catch every bit of it, but it was it was pretty good. And it was coming in exactly at the at the ridge, you know, in the middle of the green. Yeah. Thinking, oh my God, this looks good. And, but I was like, I don't know if it's enough. I don't know if it's going to get there. And, you know, to get right to the back of the pin. And it probably landed maybe six, seven yards short of the perfect place. But it landed on the middle of the ridge and then kind of moved to the left onto the flat part level nice. with the bunker. But again, about a 15-footer for birdie. Just missed that. Knocked it in for par. Um, 17th, I missed the green long after hitting a great tee shot. And you couldn't miss long. I didn't get up and down. I made five. How many over are you now at this point before I the last? nine over. Nine over. Before the last. Okay. So, so eight. How far was the last plane? It's normally 465. It's 385. So was it a lot, obviously a lot further? Yeah, not quite a bit scary further. this because it looks tight, no, that yeah, tee it shot. It, it looks tighter on TV than it is real life, but definitely tighter off the back tees than it is yeah. off the front tees. So um, I'm stood there and thinking, right, come on, Rick, let's really go and hit that iconic tee shot where you fade it up the hill and you get it into a prime position. Yeah. You can hit a great shot into the green. So I've not hit a fade with my driver all day. I was hitting it pretty straight. So I'm like, right, come on, I really want to try and fade this. Right, get it right around the corner. And I, I hit it and it just didn't fade one bit. It went straight into the bunker at the end. It was a good tee shot, but straight in the bunker. Guy, that bunker is bloody massive. Really? It's massive. Really deep. Wow. Really, really deep. So I'm in the bunker and you, you can't see anything. I was about 150 yards away, 140 yards away to the flag. So I thought, I'm going to have to go for it. So I went with nine iron, fatted it, but got out the bunker. Yeah. 
So it could have looked like a purpose shot, but it wasn't. I was about 90 yards away from the flag. Um, some of the guys were up near the green at this point because one of the guys had to shoot off to catch a flight. So he was like racing the last hole. So he was up near the green. A couple of other guys were up near the green. So I hit this 90-yard wedge shot. I think I hit 56 degrees on a slight uphill. And the uh, caddy said, get it past the flag, right? Yeah. So I hit this nice shot. And I was like, that looks good, but I'm not sure if I've hit it hard enough. And the guys on the green, they said, it took one bounce, middle of the green. So pins kind of middle left at that point. One bounce went up past the flag by about three foot, spun, had a look in, <laughs> spun all the way off the front of the green. Oh, my word. All the way off the front of the green. So I've, I've now, for my fourth shot into the last hole, I've got this, um, I'm, on the, I'm on the front apron, really difficult shot from down there anyway. Was I didn't fancy chipping it. I put yeah. everything off the green, to be honest. I smashed putter up the hill to about a four-foot port, five-foot port, to make five on the last. I really didn't want to finish with the double bow gear. Um, this was to shoot 82, and I knocked it in. So you got 82? Yeah. Well, that, I had 86, you shot 82. Four shots better than what I thought. So all in all, an 82, it's a really interesting score because I wasn't, genuinely, I wasn't, I wanted to tell you guys watching and listening what I, what I was going to shoot. Yeah. Definitely. But for me personally, it was, as long as I just, played well I, I i probably didn't hit one like single terrible golf shot yeah like there was no shots that i went oh god that was embarrassing i just did that wrong choice on 13 I, I genuinely think if i played it again with the same caveat i was driving it as good as i was doing yeah i could easily off those tees shoot i, I i'm gonna put that out there i think i could break 75 wow off those tees i do off the bat tees no bloody way yeah i think the bat tees are oh, it's, it's a thousand eight. yards more. i think it's i think it's eight or nine shots harder i wouldn't be surprised because obviously the tee shots are longer but your shots in the longer you're going to be hitting it further away from the hole the putts are going to get harder but the thing is though if if you play augusta you can now say for the rest of your life you've played augusta national which probably point one of golfers can say if not even less when you tell people that, it's more that, wow. Your first question's not, what did you shoot? It's, what was it like? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that you've got a decent score is great, but it's not really about that. If you just shot 92 and had the worst day ever, then yeah, you'd be a bit gutted. But I think that's a really respectable score. I, I hit the ball really well. That's the main like, thing. I honestly hit the ball really well. My score is higher than I expected it to be just because I had a double and a triple mm -hmm. and I had no birdies. I was a bit gutted about that. I wish I'd yeah. I wish I'd hold a birdie because I had some really good opportunities. I'm really glad I parred the twelfth. Yes. I'm really glad I parred the first. I'm really glad I parred the fifth, with oddly enough, the hardest hole in the golf course. Um Yeah, I parred the ninth. Like it was good. Like I played it, solid. In terms of a golf course, then obviously you've played now some amazing golf courses. Um and I think actually if you go on the world's top one hundred, I think Augusta's ranked at like number thirteen worldwide. Is it? Yeah. Thirteen. Yeah. Is it the forgetting about it sounds hard to do this because forgetting about it's Augusta, because that's the whole point. But if you do just for one second take the fact it's Augusta and it's so exclusive away, is it the best goal is it literally the best course you've played? It's the best golf course I've ever played. Wow. And I'll tell you two reasons why. Three reasons why. Okay. Number one reason is every single golf hole is fantastic right like there's not if you if you to ask me to rank 
the the worst the third three worst holes on the golf course. I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you that because every single hole is special in its own way. Yeah. Every single hole, and again, because we've seen you know I grew up you know I started playing golf in '97 when Tiger won the Masters. From that point to now, I've watched the Masters every single year. Mm. You know those holes. You remember those iconic moments. Like so, I think a lot of that plays in, in part of it. Yeah. That, that you, if you, it's hard to do. It's impossible to do it. If you took that golf course, and you and you, the Masters never existed. Mm-hmm. It was just Augusta National that existed, and the Masters wasn't a part of it, and it was still in the same condition. can't still say it's the best golf course really? i've played yeah wow. the condition was nothing yeah. like i've ever seen in my life yeah. honestly it was incredible every blade of grass was perfect the grass was perfect it was perfect it really was off the members tees it's a very playable golf course off the bat tees it makes it challenging for tour pros um it, it makes you think that like you, you can't just play it a to B. Mm. You've got to go from A to B to get to C sometimes. Yeah. Like you've got to think about certain shots. You desperately need a caddy or someone with experience. If, if, if I played that golf course every single day off those tees, I could shoot under par. I could. Off the bat tees, I don't know if I ever would. I think the thing is though, when we say then, if you take it away from, from being the masters and stuff, but at the same time, that is the whole point. And like on this list, I mean, this is, this is to random. I don't know who actually does this. Top 100 golf course. It's a really nice website. They put, num- they put the old course at number seven. Now I'm very grateful to play the old course, obviously with yourself, and you treated me both times to play there. Although I've not played the top 100 golf course in the world, I I can't say the old course is the seventh best course. It's the it's the whole history of it, and some of the holes are so iconic, and it's one of the best golf courses to play in a sense of ticking it off the bucket list. I can't imagine the old course isn't better than Augusta as a golf course. Surely it is not. Can't it's be. not if you if you comparing eighteen holes of golf yes. and eighteen holes of golf, Augusta is a it's better golf be. course. It's got it to just be. is. You can't it's it's you can't compare it. It's no. it's it's, it, it's just impossible to do. Where so what's like number one on so this list? This list it's got Cypress Point is number one. I've not played it. Pine Valley. Yeah, that's the one that's super exclusive. County Down, which is meant to be class. Shinnecock Hills. Uh, Melbourne, Royal Melbourne, and then you've got above, so you've got Trump, Turnbury, and Muirfield, then Augusta's at 12. <sighs> I don't were see you, it. Well, your Trump was always your favourite course, wasn't it? Not Turnbury one. Oh, sorry, not Turnbury, no. I've not just... played the Turnbury one. To be honest. But it's all, that's the thing, though. It's all... I've actually not played any of the golf courses higher ranked than Augusta on that list. I played the old course, though. Oh, yeah, of course, I'm sorry. Yeah, so. But it's, it's all subjective. And I think the thing is, though, the day you had as well, I don't know how you can top that. Like it was the perfect weather. It was a day after an iconic Masters where John Rahm won it. I went to every single day insane. of the Masters. You are playing the Sunday pins. This that lit quite literally. I I took out my golf ball out of the hole that some of the best players in the world took that That's ball out the, the thing, hole. The same for me. Yeah, it's not the same tees. That wouldn't bother me. The fact it was the same pins, that was so cool. I would rather, if I was you, and correct me if I'm wrong, I would rather have played it forward tees but same pins than same tees but different pins, Yeah, personally. Probably, yeah, you're probably right. Because the pins, every single year, that's where they are. Exactly, like that 12th pin. Did you watch that Golf Digest video about the 12th? No. Brilliant. 
it explains like an eight minute video or maybe even less six minute video all about the 12 hole and why it's so hard. And obviously the fact that when you pull it, if you're right hand or whatever, and it was, it just really explains how it really seems left-handed golf. Yeah, is because that if hole. they pull it, they can go left, uh, uh, well, right. The whole so, golf course, I can see why it, why it appeals to left-handers. Yeah. I can, it's quite a left-handed you know, friendly golf course. That's why Mickelson's won it round there twice. So well again. Bubba Watson's won that round there twice. Uh, Mike Weir's won round there. And I'm sure there's other left-handed golfers. But um, once a lifetime opportunity, eternally grateful. We couldn't film it. I know there's question marks around that. You just, you, they just, pri- they, you know, they're just private. They do what they, the rules are there for them. Augusta mm. National. Hopefully in the future, you never know. Um, there might be an opportunity where we get to film there. But on that, I would love you to have filmed that video if you could have done. Obviously, well, if you could have, you would have done. Obviously, and I'd love to one day film a video at Augusta National because it would do amazing for the channel. But as kind of, as as frustrating as it as it is that you can't, that is what makes it Augusta. Of course, it is. If everybody could go and play it, I know you've said the course is still legitimately the best you've played, which is Ferk, and I've heard that from other people, obviously, but. If everybody could go and play and everybody could go and film there, it would, to some degree, take away that level of mystique, wouldn't it? Yeah. It, it's it's a very, very, very special place. They have got to be protective. They've got, to, you know, it, it, it's a members club at the end of the day. Like, it's one of the best clubs in the world. Um, they, they, they open their arms for 10 days a year to allow the world access and that's what they're happy to do. So, yeah, ticket off the bucket list. Amazing experience. Loved every minute of it. Um, it was crazy. It was the same weekend that we had, the main channel hit 2.5 million subscribers. What a nice way to celebrate. Um, so I've got a giveaway. I've got not all of this stuff to give away. <laughs> a lot of it's for the lads who work here, but we did a nice little swag bag, which you can enter on the main kind of announcement when I, when I mentioned about playing Augusta. Um, we'll do a shot-by-shot explain every single shot and uh yeah exter- eternally thankful for everybody watches listens i really appreciate it i totally understand i wouldn't get these opportunities if it wasn't for you guys i don't take it lightly one bit um and it was uh i played it not just for myself but also for everybody listening and watching so i could share those experiences with you guys um because it was very very magical if you'd have played it for me you would have chipped out of the 13th so I wish request. I could play the thirteenth again. No, you put, I would have bro- I would have broken eight. I would have broken eight. Yeah, but you might 13th. not. Have, you might not have parred twelve. That's true. If so you you've said done to what me, you've done, and it was good. Okay, there's. If you said to me, you get the opportunity to play thirteen again, but you also have to play twelve well, and sixteen. Yeah, I'd say no. That's why. Just a last note on this. I always think everybody's done it where you've come off the eighteenth and you've missed a six footer, and you think, God, I wish I'd, I'd almost pay anything to go and do that again. I always think of it, okay, well, let's say that's a possibility. You, you've missed the putt on 18, and you wish you'd hold it, it as a six-foot putt, and you pay a grand to go and do it again. Okay, well, you can do that. But you've also gone and got to hit that great tee shot you hit on two. You've got to do that chip in that you did on five. Like We forget these as yeah. golfers, and yes, you did something you wish you'd not done. But that first tee shot oh, that you nailed, the I don't think I'd ever shot, give that up. That's what I mean. So someone, it's like, someone said you've got another 100 opportunities to do that first tee shot. I don't think I'd be able to hit it as good as I did. Just golf. Like, literally, it's just golf. You're never going to have the perfect round. Guys, thanks for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed that storytelling of Augusta National and the Masters. It was amazing. And we shall see you next week. Normal podcast next week. Loads of banter. Golf bit is out on Friday. 
massive video. Quite literally Enjoy. about two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> right. Peace out, everyone. See Enjoy. See you next time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 